This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. America's Diesel Podcast. Brought to you by Diesel Power Products. America's Diesel Superstore. No salesmen, just enthusiasts. Dieselpowerproducts.com. Your number one source for all things diesel. Welcome back, everybody. Another week, another podcast. Another week, another podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I don't know why I said, oh, right there. I've done this intro about 9,000 freaking times. We've all times. done it 9,000 times, but it, it doesn't seem like it's getting any smoother. No, it hasn't. <laughs> What's wrong with us? <laughs> Suck. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is America's Diesel Podcast, brought to you by Diesel Power Products. We are the highest rated, best, awesome, most awesomest, bestest, awesomer podcast, podcast in the galaxy. Yes. Bar none. Done. End of story, period, period, period. Exclamation point. Question mark? <laughs> no. Just because you never know. You never know. You never know. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> you guys know the drill. Leave a five-star review. Um, whatever whatever venue you listen on, or medium you listen on, Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and screenshot that. Uh, send it to Tyler. That's him. It's at com. Include your shirt size. Shirt size, address. Show me a picture of your, picture of your ride. I was going to say a ride because maybe some guys out there are listening and they don't have a truck yet. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Send me a picture of your Honda or your Kia. Your 87 <laughs> Honda Accord. <laughs> no, send me a picture of your truck. We'll get you a t-shirt out. Our exclusive Diesel Power Products, Diesel Power Products podcast t-shirt. It's a mouthful. How much wood could wood chuck chuck wood chuck could chuck wood? Yeah. <laughs> Alliteration. Alliteration. <laughs> Anyhow, this is a, yeah. uh, this podcast we're going to play today. This is, this is a long time coming. This is, yeah, this is a cool one. I uh, I'm gonna preface this by saying if if I seem like the kind of person who doesn't really get nervous or gets awkward or whatever, get ready to be proved wrong. Yeah, because this episode I was so friggin' nervous. Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a little, a little bit of a tangent before we get into it because it's a long interview. We talked to Gail Banks first off. I know, okay. You know, pick your drink up because you just spit it out. All yeah. that other kind of stuff. <laughs> we talked to freaking Gail Banks. We talked to Grandpa. 
Dr. Uncle Gil, Dr. Dad. We talked, yeah. oh, same guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I was at SEMA, and I went to the booth to originally go talk to Jay. And we're standing there with a camera ready to go. And he goes, well, if you just want a quick product rundown, you know, I, I can give it to you real quick. Or if you want you know, talk a little bit longer, you can talk to Gail. I was like, Buh. Like, Jay, get out of the way. Yeah. Gail, coming for you. I was like, Jay, with all due respect, <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, with all due respect. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Jay, you're awesome. Every time we talk, I'm happy. Um, but And Gail was in the, in the corner you know, answering questions like he always does. The guy's the most enthusiastic dude I've ever met in my life. Very personable, too. I've oh, my God. When I, last time I went to SEMA, too. So. Yeah. Just amazing person. And sat down, and we did a uh, – this thing, I think – Cameron, how long was the actual chat between me? 33 minutes? Yeah, 33 minutes during SEMA. There's yeah. people walking around taking pictures of me and him talking like I'm someone special. And he's taking the time to talk to me about our podcast, about Tyler's truck, about 7.3s, yeah. um, about how the industry's going. And the part that is extra awesome that's unfortunately not on camera is uh, Kevin, the guy we talked about that uh, did made his own uh, compound kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was there and happened to be at Banks's booth because we had texted a couple times and we were going to meet up afterwards. And we were talking about it. I was like, that guy over there actually built his own compound kit for his 7.3. And he's like, Gail Banks says, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> and then me, Gail, Kevin sat there for probably you know, 30, 40 minutes afterwards getting deep into like 7.3 stuff. Oh, I bet you were excited. Oh, man. <laughs> Pepper needs new pants. <laughs> it was it was one of the coolest. I, I called my wife that night, and I was like, okay, Lynette, you, you have no idea who Gail Banks is, but I got I sat down and did a podcast with him. He means nothing to you, but I guarantee you if you say that to your dad or your uncle, because yeah, all of them are all motorheads, they're all probably going to crap themselves. Yeah, so know. I just need you to know that, and I'm super excited right now. And she's like, wow, I've never heard you like this. <laughs> like, giddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like freaking out. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, uh, Tyler, you met Gail Banks real quick too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I creeped on him a little bit, took some <laughs> pictures of him from afar, and then I finally, finally built up. Me and Kyle were actually sitting at lunch, and uh, I look over, I'm like, that, that's Gail Banks right there. Yeah. And then I made sure he was right in the middle of his meal, and I went, <laughs> and I went up to him, and I, you know, I, he was done eating. I, I was respectful, and I just introduced myself and had a quick, had a quick chat with him. Nothing like you had. But uh, you know, got to, he like I said, he's super personable, super nice guy. Shook my hand. We, I chatted with him for a second. He took my email address down. You know, we emailed back and forth periodically. Not really, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So this is this is super cool. You got to sit down with him, especially at SEMA, because there's so many people, you know, going through trying to talk to him. I'm sure, mm-hmm. and uh, for you to get that, you know, that section of his time, that's that's pretty awesome. So here it is. So yeah, have a look, have a listen, enjoy, enjoy. Welcome back, guys. Ben, Diesel Power Products, America's Diesel Podcast. I'm sitting next to someone that you don't need an introduction. I'm sure you've heard that a million times. But uh, Go ahead a, on. <laughs> this is Gail Banks. Uh, hence, Gail Banks Engineering, all the good stuff we've all talked about. Uh, yep. We've actually referred to you as, as Dad and Grandpa on our podcast. That's all. <laughs> Grandpa. That fits. Good. Yeah. 61 years of doing this, so... Yeah, yeah. You've, you've earned it. Maybe great-granddad. Great I don't think yeah. you're up there yet. Yeah. Not yet. But uh, it's it's an absolute pleasure to be able to sit down with you. Um, I don't get nervous very often. A little nervous, not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I'm usually the guy that's making everybody else nervous. No. So this is means a lot to me that you're sitting down with Thank us. Thank you. Um, so I want to take a quick second, and we, we probably... You've talked about it a million times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels to me like the... 
the diesel industry, everybody's feeling the ticket's pulled, it's done. We're, we're not gonna see any more high-power diesel trucks. And I think you and I are actually on the same page that it, it's, it's nowhere near done by any means. Not, not quite. Uh, deleting all the emissions equipment, mm -hmm. that's pretty much over. Yeah. But we, we never advocated that anyway. We either build a racer or we don't. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so tuning 2020 diesels is very much alive. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is one of those deals where decades ago I had a midlife crisis. It had nothing to do with a woman. It had everything to do with the OEMs figuring it out. Uh -huh. And then the aftermarket, there would be no aftermarket, other wheels and tires, you know, appearance equipment. Mm -hmm. But I'm a, I'm a heat power guy. Right. I like things that go bang. So I was worried about that. And then Ford came out with a V10 engine, shipped me, shipped me with one, one to screw with. I pulled the exhaust manifolds off, and I looked at the manifold, looked at the exhaust port. The two didn't match. I went, this exhaust manifold restricts the flow out of the exhaust port, and instantly my midlife crisis was over. <laughs> you know, I had a similar one when we started out in the diesel industry, and we were the first. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a turbo kit for the 6.2 diesel yep. GM. Came out in late '81. And we started screwing with that engine with GM in 78. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'd been in business 20 years before we ever touched a diesel. But now we've got some decades uh, doing that. We turboed that thing, mainly because... It's a dog. It, I had these engineering trucks from GMC in support of a project that I was doing mm -hmm. with a Firebird for Bonneville. And they were pre-production, so I screwed with them. I knew they were going to get crushed when I was done with them, so I turboed both of them. And I went, now I can tow something with this one-ton. It's a one-ton dually with 145 horsepower I mean, and a lot of smoke. So we cleaned up the smoke, we got better fuel economy, and we increased the, the horsepower 50%. Uh -huh. It made it usable, not not what we have today by a long shot, right. but usable. And that usable and horsepower, so, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So then we turbocharged the first diesel you could buy in a dealership, which is also a GMC. Mm -hmm. That was 88. So you could buy a Banks turbo GMC diesel in 2,500 dealerships. Mm -hmm. 89, the Ram Cummins comes out with a turbo. I start going... Well, wait a minute, I knew GM was coming with the 6.5, which would also be turbo. Mm -hmm. And Ford was out there with a 6.9 and then a 7.3 ultimately. And I knew a turbo was coming for that. And I thought, you know what? When these guys tur turbo them, the aftermarket will be gone. Right. This is, this is straight to your question. So I thought, I'm going to have to find something else to do. Well, then they come out with the turbos and then we come up with upfit for the turbos. Mm -hmm. Better turbos, different tuning, intake, exhaust, instrumentation, all the jive. That's no different than today. today. The EPA has jumped on the guys that were doing the delete tuning. 
and that's pulled that back. So a lot of people have felt you can't tune with all that stuff there. Mm -hmm. Well, we've always tuned with all that stuff there for street. Yeah. And the, deep, the problem is these guys with these smoky tunes that blot out the sun, mm -hmm. they're making a lot of soot and they're putting it in the DPF and plugging it up and they go, you can't tune with the DPF. Well, no, you no, can tune you with can't the, tune with the yes, DPF. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ex exactly. It's a reality check. So we always look at what's the air-fuel ratio mm -hmm. at max power, max torque. We fingerprint the stock vehicle. And it's somewhere usually nominally 18 to 1, let's say. So how do, how do we put more fuel in to make more power? You start with the air. Mm -hmm. And how do you measure that? Air density, manifold air density is how you measure that. So you increase the manifold air density, every cubic foot the engine pumps mm -hmm. has more oxygen. Oxygen, more, more fuel. Yes. Now you can put the fuel in, in. we stay at 18, 18 to 1. And especially in the mid-range, how much overhead, how much airflow overhead does the stock turbo have? Mm -hmm. We always start with the stock turbo. And if you've got airflow overhead at the peak, mm -hmm. and we, we actually measure the compressor efficiency while it's running on the engine, mm -hmm. which you can do with this gauge. Right. And as you move up, up, up in airflow at the horsepower peak, you'll see the air start to get hotter. You're done. Mm -hmm. You're to the limit of that yeah. compressor. So you don't even have to have the stock compressor map. It, it, you're measuring on the vehicle. The mm -hmm. com compressor map is a laboratory thing yeah. under ideal conditions. So, but in the mid-range, if you say you have 10 or 15% overhead at the top to increase airflow and power, in the mid-range, you might have 40 or 50% mm -hmm. additional airflow capability. You're nowhere near the limit of the compressor. Right. So, and that's where you drive. If, if you're drag ra racing, you care about peak horsepower because yeah, you're living on the top end. Little yeah. RPM window, but most people will drive in this broad RPM window mm -hmm. that's lower or higher than the torque peak. Tune in there, and you got something that's so good to drive on the street. It mm -hmm. transforms the vehicle, and, and you're still pumping through the emissions equipment. The, the only thing negative about the emissions equipment, other than you got to put in a fluid or whatever, is if you soot up the, con the uh, DPF, it regens more often, kills your fuel economy. Right. So we try to keep that regen cycle at the stock level as well. Mm -hmm. The 18 to 1 or the nominal stock air fuel mm -hmm. kind of capture so you can do the standard regen cycles. As far as the exhaust system, every item in, after the turbine incre increases the back pressure. Mm -hmm. So you can't really screw with, maybe you could do a better downpipe and still feed the emissions equipment, mm -hmm. reduce the back pressure with a better flowing downpipe. Yep. Then you go through the emissions equipment, most of which is welded together. Yeah. 
So it makes it really hard to ship. We've tried that a couple of times. Well, that's <laughs> true. But after the DPF, I've I've gone on the attack. Now a lot of guys make five-inch exhaust systems, and basically we bought some and flowed them. So on our flow bench, say say you've got a five-inch exhaust system flowing 802 CFM. We're able at the same back pressure. Well, actually, we're able to totally eliminate the back pressure of, of that pipe. Uh-huh. Uh, we've come up with a tip design that's like a diffuser on a rocket nozzle. Mm-hmm. In fact, I studied rocket engine technology uh, to do this because if you look at the DPF, it funnels down into an outlet. Right. Well, rocket engines do the same thing. They funnel down into a venturi, and then they increase in size. Mm -hmm. So the first increase in size is four to five inch, and we finesse that. And then the second increase size is from the five inch to our Mm Aubround tip. That's a two to one increase in area. And when you're done running on a chassis dyno, we have a vacuum at the DPF outlet. Oh, wow. And the true key is the tip design. Uh-huh. And we got one beyond this that we're filing a patent on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Consequently, it's not here. That's even better. Uh-huh. So, also, you have this regen temperature issue. Mm-hmm. When the DPF regens in any truck, it's usually about 1150 degree exhaust. GM and Ford put diffusers in, in the exhaust or a nozzle and like a siphon that pulls yeah, like in on the, the air. The GM tips and everything. Yeah, They're yeah. terribly restricted. Mm-hmm. They cause a hell of a lot of back pressure. We totally eliminate that back pressure. Mm-hmm. But this nozzle, this tip diffuses and 24 inch back from the tip we're cooler than the GM or the Ford setup. Oh wow without yeah. without any without fluid the in there restriction. Or anything. Yeah. And we've run all the math, run all the instrumentation, done that on highway, done it stationary. It works beautifully. Nice. So I got a question. How far off do you think we are from OEM manufacturers like like GM or Ford or, or Cummins being able to have a a performance aftermarket edition diesel, like maybe they will do a uh, a Tilming edition that has factory compounds, or a street edition that has a little bit larger charger stock or something like that, a different chassis setup. It may, it, you're talking about it, engineering an engine for a limited market. Mm-hmm. So, who would buy the, this additional, more expensive setup? Look at a six four Ford. Mm-hmm. What's a six four Ford got? Yep, compounds. They run great until they blow up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, if you can do it with one turbo, it's going to be done with one turbo. Mm-hmm. And most every, everybody's got that solution. The density ratio you can get across a compressor with a modern mm-hmm. compressor, like the Duramax, has a billet wheel, a billet right. compressor wheel. Why is that? Be- because they're really pushing that compressor. I'm not talking about a billet aftermarket wheel. That's a different discussion. Sure. There, there's a lot of inferior billet wheels. Mm-hmm. Looks sexy as hell, 
Oh, it's a great bling, desk ornament. But I've been running tests, and I'm going to do a YouTube video on this, Facebook video as well. With a 62 millimeter, this is a gasoline engine I'm working on, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. We tested billet wheels against our cast wheel. Mm -hmm. One with extended tips, one with extended veins into the inducer. One was 7% less efficient than the cast wheel, and one was eight. But they look bitching. Yeah. So the one that comes in a Borg Warner Turbo on an L5P, mm -hmm. they know what the hell they're doing. That's their business. Mm -hmm. They're not just some guys in Malaysia with a five-axis machine whittling out billet yeah. who aren't aerodynamicists. Just making and, sure it looks good from a screenshot somebody sent them. Yeah, yeah. but the proof, the, the, the proof is in the vehicle running on the engine. Mm -hmm. So remember I told you we can measure compressor efficiency with yep. this? Uh -huh. This is going to really screw up the billet guys that have blingy horseshit. Mm -hmm. Can I say that on your program? Absolutely, you can say whatever you want. So, and there's a lot of it out there. There's a lot of bling in our industry. Mm -hmm. I'm not out to out the guys. I'm out to find a, find the best product we could make and then make that. Mm -hmm. And to know that, I'm a racer. I've raced it for more than the length of my career. You know, I've been racing for 64 years. I've been in business for 61. Mm -hmm. So you look at that and you go, we've been successful racing offshore boats. We've, we tried top fuel in the 80s and with turbos and mm -hmm. Wally Parks person, personally banned us. <laughs> uh, turbocharging and top fuel is still banned to this day. Just check the new rule book. But, any place we've raced, Pike, Pikes Peak, drag racing, whatever, we knew we had somebody to beat. So we studied what they were doing, how well they were doing it, and could we do it better. Mm -hmm. And then we, uh, until we did it better, we, we didn't go compete. Some guys race as a hobby, I race as a hobby, but I really want to win. Mm -hmm. I really get off on that. Well, winning's fun. So, well, we and we treat our product line yeah. the same way. So, I got a shop full of racers. Some of them are electronics guys, but they race, and some of them are ME or mechanical guys. Some of them are engine techs building racing engines in mm -hmm. the engine room. We're all racers. We just happen to make parts. Maybe we make parts to feed our habit. Yeah. But when we put something on the market and it does well. And I never thought I'd do a diff cover, but we did a diff cover, and it's doing well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's one of those things where it's just like winning a race, setting a record. Everybody's adrenaline goes to that level because yeah. we're winning our career. You know, it's as, it's actually bigger than racing. Yeah. It's your career. Well, then you get the you get to be that person that innovates and takes it to the next well, level. Well, yeah, and there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Innovation, it's the key, it truly is. Yeah, and never get too comfortable. You know, you, yeah, but you, yeah. Well, innovate it, perfect it, and patent it, mm -hmm. because otherwise you'll see yourself coming down the road. Yeah. Two or three years later, there's the same thing. So it's, it's mind-numbing to, to write a patent. It's not fun. 
but seeing yourself coming coming down the road, seeing something that's been copied from your innovation, uh-huh. that's worse than mind numbing. That's just uh-huh. bums you out. So I'm teaching the younger guys uh, how to go about it. Some of them hate doing it, yeah. but we're doing it. So we're gonna we want to go racing again too. Oh, racing's fun. So back to your back, yeah. back to your question. Hot running is all, all about, if they did a compound, we'd find a way to improve it. I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what you do. Uh, uh, there's a lot of reasons, some of them are financial reasons, that, that they don't do things to the level mm-hmm. that the aftermarket can do it. Uh, some of them are, you know, all, all of the major manufacturers have high performance groups. Mm-hmm. and. Well, some of that is branding and marketing. Some of it is teaching guys how to develop quickly, how to win, all of that. And, and those are important facets of every major company's engineering program. Mm-hmm. But it's happening within the confines of the company. Mm-hmm. So while they're going racing and they've got enough money to develop and actually win, mm-hmm. Ford's doing a bang-up job right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bottom line is the aftermarket takes more risks, is more innovative, mm-hmm. and, and that's how we all survive. Yeah. That's how we, we stay in it. So will there be a diesel performance aftermarket? Yeah. There, as long as there are diesels. In fact, the guy was here yesterday, we were talking about hot rodding a Tesla. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go bang at all. No. But half of us at my place are electrical engineers. And, and <laughs> so still, I'm one of them. I, I'm, yeah. a, I, I'm a double major. It took me mm-hmm. six years. Electrical, computer, mm-hmm. mechanical. And it's become our future. All the control electronics in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can forward. make mechanical parts, but you can't sell a total solution. Mm-hmm. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Sure. My other host obviously isn't here right now. Um, he just recently uh, has a uh, had a Suburban, an old old six. I don't know if it was a six two or six five, but it had a Sidewinder kit on it. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And that thing did great burnouts. We did huge smoky burnouts Honestly, in our parking God. lot with it. <laughs> I've got, we got videos about it. Um, he can't be here. He met you like two SEMAs ago. I can't remember. And he he was freaking out. So I got you now, Tyler. I'm oh, sitting yeah. down with him. Um, yeah, but a burnout with. A, Sidewinder equipped 6.2 or a 6.5. You're the stuff of legend, man. (laughs) (laughs) It was smoky, too. Oh, I love it. Uh, Light them up. My last thing is I have to, being coming from the, uh, before I got into the industry, just being an enthusiast, um, being on the other side of the desk, um, I'm a a 7.3 guy at heart, so I usually build and drive 7.3s. You've got to love 7.3s. Yeah. I, I talk about them all day. In fact, I, I that build guy right one. there built his own compound kit for a 7.3. Oh so, hi, Kevin. Hey. <laughs> He's one of our listeners I got to meet yeah. out here. Um, but I, I was always kind of the, you know, I can find my own parts to make it better. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so I kind of put my own kit together, hauled together in a cooler kit for it and whatnot. And there is, is after I moved to Spokane, and there was a guy who had a, a 7.3, same year as 96, the OBS yeah. truck, um, with a Banks kit on there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this, this is my time. I get yeah. to, I get to, and he just smoked me. And I was like, <laughs> oh man. 
all that work and, I, and that's that's like my my almost my sales pitch to the guys are like oh, i think i could do it better than gail and i'm like yeah you can't know no <laughs> first off <laughs> if somebody does it great yeah <laughs> i don't mind having my chops busted yeah but you know i i'm telling you if you race somebody's going to take your record yeah you set a record it's got a finite life mm-hmm. but the seven three i started to revisit the seven three we did a a ram air system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, I, I, I got drawn off somehow. I think it was just engines I'm doing for the army for the new military mm-hmm. vehicles, and uh, I pulled me off the seven three. I want to buy one for my Yosemite project. Project mm-hmm. I, I'm building a house up in Yosemite, mm-hmm. and I'd love to have a seven three four by four for that. Yeah. So. As far as intercooling, you mentioned you're cobbling mm-hmm. up some intercooling. Intercooling can, in a single turbo situation, or even a, even a compound, intercooling done right can provide as much air density and consequently, consequently as much horsepower increase as the turbos, mm-hmm. the intercooling. Yeah. And we're able to measure, once again, with, with our data monster, the horsepower contribution of the turbos and the horsepower contribution of the intercoolers. So it's kind of a wake-up call because there's so much intercooling out there that's not done well, especially since guys started buying cores out of China that aren't engineered at all. Right. They let the core vendor in China provide the core. Mm-hmm. Build some tanks and they sell the damn thing here. I'm not going to name who they are, but I know who they are. So we buy cores from a variety of sources, but we design the fin density both directions and the, the flow area both directions. And we measure the cooling air flow. You know, sometimes a thicker intercooler is not a better intercooler. It might be in a 200 mile an hour race car. But in a 70 mile an hour truck, no way. Mm-hmm. It's blocking the radio. Still got to get the air through. Yeah, yeah. it's got to get through. I used to go back to South Dakota in the wintertime. We'd go into town from the farm, put cardboard in front of the radiator to, mm-hmm. to get the heater working in the truck. A big, thick intercooler in front of the front radiator does about the same thing. It denies air to the radiator. Mm-hmm. So if you over temp in a late model truck, it takes the power away. Whatever power you've gotten to, to you over attempt, mm-hmm. okay. But there's safety systems. And one of them is coolant temperature. So it's a fool's errand, especially yeah. if you pull a truck up a grade. Yeah, and then everything starts you know, going downhill. And big trailer on the flatland, same thing. Yeah. So what I wanted to build is a tool any guy could take and develop his final solution, mm-hmm. like his compound. Mm-hmm. Does he have an intercooler between the stages? No. Hello? Yeah. Hello? You hear that, Kevin? If you don't have an intercooler between <laughs> the stages, yeah. no, no, no. Got an intercooler between stages. Intercooler, have an intercooler between stages. And the best way to do it is water couple it to a heat exchanger in the nose. But you're giving away. Are we overheating? You might you might be giving away 60 or 70 horsepower by not doing it, and you're cooking the second compressor. 
So, so, so the there's deal your homework is, assignment. Yeah. This guy right here is 399 bucks, data logs and all. It'll help you develop your, your compound, his intercooler, whatever you guys want to do. Where you get the air, you can lose a lot of horsepower from the ambient air to the air inlet. If, if you've got an air filter under the hood, either run with the hood off or get the air from the nose of the vehicle where, where you should be getting it. You don't, want, you, don't, you don't want to heat the air 80 degrees before it gets to the compressor. It's a lot thinner, less oxygen per cubic foot. It's all so damn simple. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to build a tool for us, and it turns out I built a tool that can work for, for anybody. Yeah. And made it affordable. Yeah, I've gotten to mess around with those a little bit. They're really cool. I like them a lot. The data logging is really the cool part. Go out and make a pass. You play it back on the instrument. Mm -hmm. And then we made it so so you can have eight readings on a screen, up to eight, and five screens, five pages. So that little two-inch two, two gauge will read 40 different readings on it. That's nuts. Yeah, it is That's nuts. That's nutty. It's nuts. <laughs> so got to get you one so you can use it for development. Absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, let's talk to let's talk to Jay, mm -hmm. and I'll comp the kit. That'd be amazing. I'd love to, yeah. love to take around with that. Have you tried this before? I've only messed around with it. We, uh, we had one come by, and we brought it into the shop so we could all kind of touch it and get well, feels for it, yeah. but I haven't actually been able to hook it up yet yeah. and have a good time with it. With that compound, too. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. So. Well, I got to start buttoning this thing up because our camera's going to overheat and yeah, I don't want to lose all this stuff. So, Sorry Gail, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been going on here a bit. Well, it, it's, it's your life. I get it. Yeah, and, I'm buzzed. <laughs> so, uh, again, it's an absolute pleasure. Tyler, you missed out. Kevin, I'm glad you're here. And uh, this is an absolute pleasure. You made right. my day, my whole trip. So, Thank you. I'm really glad I got to sit down and talk with you. And uh, is there anything I, else you want to get out there? Not much. Do it legal. Do it legal? Yeah. Keep those feds off of us. <laughs> One last question, though. Yeah. Is a hot dog a sandwich? A hot dog is a sandwich. Bold statement, Gail. Bold statement. Is there bread? Yes. Now, it might be his circular sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. That's a, that's a discussion for the third time. Cool. Thanks, Gail. We'll see All you guys right. later. Thank you. Okay. I got to take a breath after that one. Yeah. That's that was a, a good one. one. It's a long one. It's a good one. Um, the the best way I can describe having a conversation with Gail Banks is he it's not like he he's only enthusiastic for some people. Yeah. If you if you saw him at SEMA while he's at his booth and you ask him a question, you could probably have that same conversation with him in real time. Yeah. The fact that he was cool enough to let us sit down, get our cameras out, and in the middle of freaking SEMA, yeah, have a full on podcast. Yeah. That's pretty that's awesome. That's uh that means a lot to me. Yeah, he's a stand up guy. He's a really stand up dude. Um and I, I it was I'm really happy I got to talk to him. I was, I was messaging the sales guys as I was out there. I was like, guys, 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 guys. Gail Banks. I did a freaking <laughs> podcast with Gail Banks. <laughs> I, was, I, I will admit, I was pretty jealous. I was pretty jealous. But I was jealous of yeah. me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not happening. I'm having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, always check our website for Banks products. We're always adding every, you know, anything new they come out with. We've got it on the uh, got it on the site ASAP. In fact, I think I just added some uh, some Banks Derringers uh, mm -hmm. for the newer Duramax, if I'm not mistaken check it out on the website we've got their whole product line if you need anything from banks make sure you check out dieselpowerproducts.com yeah thanks for listening guys and uh gail banks if you took the time out of your busy freaking life to listen to this uh 
truly appreciate it, man. That was really cool. We love you. We love you. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and check us out at dieselpowerproducts.com.